Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Have you ever wanted to unlock your own psychic abilities? Well, today's guest is Sarah Weissman. She is an intuitive channel and visionary teacher of spiritual intuition. She is the founder of the Intuition University and has taught hundreds of thousands of students by her award-winning books, courses, and training. She is the author of 16 books on psychic development and spiritual awakening. Sarah and I had a fantastic conversation about her own channeling, her own spiritual awakening, and how she teaches her students to open up psychic abilities within themselves. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Sarah Weissman. How are you doing, Sarah? Oh, very good. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on the show, my dear. I appreciate it. Uh, so, you know, you're a channel, but you're a, a channel. For, can you explain to the audience what kind of channel you are? Yes. Hi. Um, thank you. I channel spiritual teachings, and um, I've been doing this for a, quite a long time, over 20 years, actually. And um, from the teachings that I channel, I've also received a lot of teachings on how to teach uh, spiritual intuition, like how to teach intuitive practices. So it's kind of a combination of uh, channeling styles that we've got going on here. Very cool. I haven't had someone like you on the show before, so I'm excited to kind of get into the weeds with you. So my first question is, when did you, uh, when did your, what was your life like prior to you starting to channel and, you know, this, because I'm assuming it wasn't at the beginning of your life when you were five. Right. Because like, mom, dad, right. give me a second. <laughs> yes. Just, yeah, let me just get my laptop out back then. No, that's a great question. My life before that was um, sort of a mix of feeling really different, but not being able to figure out what I was experiencing because I didn't have any vocabulary for it or it wasn't talked about in my family. So I had a lot of spirit activity and a lot of intu in intuition coming in. But again, it was more like, oh, honey, you're so imaginative or what a great fantasy life you have. You know, that was sort of the language I was given. All this stuff's happening. Um, and so that went along for many, many years. And then in my 40s, I had a what I call a near-death experience on a plane where the oxygen mass fell down from the from the cords and we put them on and something in there kind of cracked open for me. We were fine. Obviously, I'm still here. We made an emergency landing. But in that moment, I, I just want to say like I I understood God or I understood the universe or something just broke open. And that was in uh, 2000. 2000. And from that moment on, everything accelerated. And people have said, you know, they have these near-death experiences and then it all happens. And it was kind of like that for me, except for, you know, I wasn't in a near-death experience like on a hospital bed. It was just this ex peak experience of terror. And um, then also for a lot of people, they have these experiences and, and they experience love and light and beauty. And I just went into pit of despair and I was in pit of despair for about four years and ended up getting divorced and deaths in the family. Some of this other trauma that sometimes so I went into full on, like I saw it and then I couldn't integrate it. I couldn't figure it out. Um, and so in 2004, I was getting divorced from my first husband and, um, 
had just gone into the place I was going to be living and was just kind of taking stock of everything with all the boxes around and the packing boxes. And um, I saw a man come up to the front door and I'm like, no, not now, not going to even answer it. And then he walked through the door, like through the wood. And that was my first guide. And I was so shaken up. I didn't know what to do. And all I could do was think was write it down, whatever he says, just write it down. Like, so I'll have some kind of proof for the world. And so that was the beginning of the channeling practice. And that happened. He didn't come as an apparition. It was just that one time, but I would sit on the sofa and I'd be like, okay, I'm here. And this being would come and I would just write down these messages and those messages eventually became um, my first book. It's called writing the divine and they were the 33 lessons. So just kind of this strange, strange practice that I couldn't control. I would just literally have to go there and announce myself and then it would come. And then over the years, I started to figure out how I could make contact and, you know, I could go there instead of them just coming to me. And that was, that was the start of a more rigorous style of channeling um, and just a more rigorous spiritual awakening, I guess, at that point. Well, I have, I have lots of questions. Uh, <laughs> so when you say that you went, you can go to them, what do you mean by that? Um, I go into meditative state. And sometimes when people go into meditation, they go, like way far out into like the vastness, but there's this kind of sweet spot you can go into where you don't go out that far. And that's sort of where you can have connection with the guides. You can have the connection with the departed or intuitive information. And so I go there and then I just see if anything is there for me that day or, or not. Fascinating. And so I, again, let's go back to when that man walked through the wall. Um, you, you have to have, at a certain point when that was happening to you, you must have said, am I losing my mind? Oh, yeah. Uh, so what, did, what was that? Because <laughs> I know if I saw someone walk through mm -hmm. the wall that looked, that wasn't like a, like it was like, just like a dude walking through the wall that I don't know. I'll be like, okay, we're in the matrix now. Yeah. What are we, yeah. what is happening? So how did you deal with that? Like, I'm I didn't, like, yeah, I didn't deal with it that well. Um, <laughs> I really <laughs> didn't, you know, so it was like, to hear that because if you would have said, ah, I was fine, I would be yeah. concerned. <laughs> yeah. I started looking for answers. Um, I started at that point, like going to some of the psychics in my town or I started meditation or I started doing ecstatic dance. I just started whatever, I just started to read, but I didn't know what that was. And even though I was receiving these messages, I was pretty nervous to tell, I didn't tell anyone about it. And the only one I finally told was my current husband. And I said, you know, this really weird thing's happening. I, I hope I'm okay. I don't know what's going on. And he said, oh yeah, that's channeling. And so then I had a word like, okay, Channeling, look, well, we didn't even have Google back then probably, but channeling, look up what that is. Okay, that's a process of uh, going into a fugue state and receiving information in language. Okay, that's what's happening. And that just solved, like, okay, well, what's this about? I'm super curious. So, uh, so when did you decide to come out of the spiritual closet? Because I've heard that from so many people who have mm -hmm. these gifts. Yeah. It's like at a certain point, you eventually have to come out publicly and you definitely obviously are very public about this with, you know, how many books you've written and so on. But that first step, like to your family, to friends, to colleagues, what was that like for you? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't think I came out of the spiritual closet and that is such a good word. That is what it's like until. So I had this, I don't have the correct book here, but I had the full book of the channeling. It was completed and I really was disappointed because at that time in my life, I wanted to be a popular novelist. I wanted to be, we don't have this term so much anymore, but I wanted to be a chick lit writer, right? Back then. I know where that is. Yeah, of course. Like,
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. It's like soft romance, whatever. I wanted to do that. You want Fabio? You want Fabio? You want Fabio on the cover? I got you. Yeah, yeah. Fabio. <laughs> well, I was really like set on that. I was writing all these novels, and and it's like, darn it, I've got this spiritual channeling instead. I just want to do the chiclet, and I had approached some agents about the chiclet, and had was talking to one of them, and um. I sort of had to accept that maybe chiclet wasn't going to happen, that maybe this spiritual teaching stuff was actually where it was going. And I sort of said to the universe, look, I really wanted to do the, the novels, but if this is my path, I will do that instead. And the, the day that I said that, the next day, the agent said, hey, you know, I know you've been sending me this stuff, but have you ever thought about doing a book on channeling? And I'm like, wow, really? And so I said, yes, by the way, here's what I have. And, and, and so they said, yes, we're very interested. We love your channeled work, but what we really want is, so we've got half a book here with this channeling. What we really want is how do you do it? We need a how-to. We need, we've got part two, we need part one. How do you channel? And that was the first book. And what's so interesting there is even then the universe was kind of like, yeah, you can channel, but we want you to teach others how to do this stuff. That's where your that's where your niche is going to be as a teacher. Show other people. And so all this whole sequence of events from it's trying so, to be a chiclet writer. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. It's so funny that you say that because you know, so many times we walk walk the earth with one idea in mind in yeah. regards to what we're supposed to be doing. And a lot of times that is a part of what we're doing, but it is a part to a grander puzzle that we are not privy to yet. Yes. And only with time do we realize, oh, that job or this career that I spent 20 years to doing has prepared me for what I'm about to do now. So you're uh, education or skill set in the chiclet space of just writing was a prerequisite for you to be able yeah. to achieve or to accept the information that you got in your channeling, correct? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you would have been a, a janitor and had never picked up a book, it would have been difficult for you to start. The, you wouldn't even thought to have write, written, start writing. Right. It just wouldn't be part of it. So it was a part, but it's so funny how the universe drives us to you. Cause I've been a filmmaker most of my career and now I'm a podcaster. Um, it's weird. Uh, I'm still a filmmaker, but I, this is what I do the most with basically all of my time right now, but all the skills I picked up over those 20, 25 years of, of chasing the filmmaking dream of being the next Spielberg, like all filmmakers do have prepared me to be able to launch a show like this so quickly, so rapidly, and and have the success that we've been able to do but without all those yeah. skill sets it's just impossible to do but yeah. the but the universe knows how to dangle the carrot so you keep going on the skills that you need to the point where it goes okay yeah. now it's time to shift and i think yeah those are that's such such truth there and also the idea that like we have to say yes like we have to be open to the shift if you'd been like nope just doing films, or if I'd been, nope, just doing that, none of this other stuff would have, would have come to fruition. We had to say yes. And isn't happening. it, and isn't it interesting though, the, when they, when the universe asks you for the shift, it's usually scary. Generally speaking, it's something outside of your box. It's a bit of a risk and it's scary. It's just a scary proposition. I mean, for you, look, me doing the show was scary. Being a spiritual podcast is spare. I can't imagine coming out as a channel, writing books, explaining that that's even for me, it's even scarier. It took me a year to really yeah, yeah. come out of the closet with this show, to do it properly. And that's when the doors and then the doors swing open. Just like yeah. you, just you had that conversation. I'm like, I guess if if this is what I need to do, I'm open to it. And the next day, a phone yeah. call comes. Hey, can you write a channel yeah. book? <laughs> you know the the other lesson from that is 
then I started to, instead of my life started to be, instead of me forcing where I thought I was going, yes, I just like, Hey universe, you, you know, I obviously have the wrong ideas. You just show me and I'm just going to try and follow along as best I can and sort of detach from any particular outcome. Just let me know where I can be of use. I'll do that. And that's been pretty interesting. That journey. Isn't it interesting that you, we generally uh, try to build the road that we're going to walk in the dark because we yeah. don't know where it's going. We have a general idea that we, where we want it to go, but we don't know. And you just kind of like, and then you hit a wall. Damn it. Back up. Hit a wall. Damn it. Boom. Hit a wall. Damn it. But when you allow yourself to do what you just said, Hey universe, you take the lead is like you sit back, you stop building the road and then little bits of light start to shine on the path that you need to walk. And then you start to walk that path and you're like, Oh, this is so much easier. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. The other thing too, is like, I really realized pretty early. Well, I don't know, but it's like, it's not about me or it's not about you. It's we're just one piece of the puzzle and everybody's putting the puzzle together. Mm -hmm. uh, one piece of it, you know, here's my piece. How can I help you? And that's a whole different story than, I will do this. You know, it's like, here's I. my offering. Yeah, yeah, that word I, which is ego. It's ego yeah. saying that like, I am, I shall do what I, I construct. <laughs> I shall hustle. Yeah. I shall, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and when you start to surrender, it, it mm -hmm. just seems to be so much easier, so much more in line and, and, and only someone like you and myself who've walked this path that we're both walking right now uh, and have walked, we can speak of this because we're like, we both tried to make it, you tried yeah. to be a, a chick lit, you mm -hmm. know, and I, you know, mm -hmm. I tried to be the next Spielberg and I got really close and you probably got really close with the chick lit stuff as well. I was in room with giant movie stars. I'm like, well, I'm good enough to get in the room. Why isn't this happening? Yeah. Like, yeah. What what's going on? So it's really fascinating to see that with you. I wanted to ask you a question in regards to your channel. Did they ever say their name? Is it, do they change come in and out? Is it the same entity or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um. So the 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 first was just one guy, and that was almost like that's a guy that's still with me now. Um, he has a name Hajam. He's like this very tiny. Sort of like when India and Asia, historically, they were undivided. It's like, wait, he's from that time frame. And then for the the uh, the next messages, I had these two, um, I shouldn't joke about it, it's not, but I had these two very stern sort of Mennonite or Quaker or very stern older ladies, Constance and Miriam. And they were like, you better listen, you better get this right. And then I had Angel... Gabriel, which was a big surprise. And, um, but most recently, the last, I don't know, 15 years, it's been these, just these very tall beings. <laughs> Some people I know say that they're like Pleiadians. I don't know. They're just light beings. They don't have names. They're a collective. Um, yeah, it sounds, just, it know, sounds, it it, the large beings are from, again, from my experience, just talking to so many channelers yeah. and people it, it seems that could be angels it could be a collective of angels it could be a collective of beings from another uh, a higher higher level of uh evolution than us yeah. but let me ask you this question uh, why do you think that you know i'm assuming on the other side there's stuff to do they could go to a bar they can you know um <laughs> hang out you know watch a movie on the other side i'm sure they're fantastic they got some really great filmmakers on the other side you know uh, there's uh, there's great musicians i'm sure you can why waste their time with these messages? What is the purpose of these messages coming through now at this specific moment in time? I think the message is to provide people with ways to think about our existence, our lives on this planet, like a new way of thinking about things that will help us collectively evolve. And I would say that, um, Lots of people channel nowadays, right? It's not just me, it's lots of people. And 
you know, in ancient times, like I would say the Bible, that was somebody sat down and channeled that, right? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. There are other sacred texts, those were channeled and those provided this kind of template for how do we think about life? Um, or especially maybe in biblical times, just an example, not everybody was literate. And so it created like this hand, like the handbook, like here's how you live your life, you know, right or wrong. I'm not, that was just what is available to that culture at that time in that aspect of development. So I feel like a lot of the channeling coming now is about um, how do we as humans lift up from this particular awareness that we're in now? How do we get a lift up and go forward to something more collective and cooperative and uh, useful for the planet? Now, you were saying earlier that you not only were going through a divorce, but you were also going through other traumas and you went to that four year kind of like the valley of the shadow of death or you know, kind of <laughs> the misery of the despair of the doom yes, exactly. <laughs> for about four years. And so many people listening now are dealing with trauma, dealing with pain and suffering that they've accumulated through their lifetime. We all accumulate it. There's not one that escapes it because we're down here to learn as a general statement. And if you're not, you're not feeling pain of some sort here and there, you're not growing. That's, the nature of growth. If you want to grow a muscle, you got to rip it down, tear it apart for it to rebuild back up. So what advice do you have for people with traumas or pain or suffering that they're going through right now? How do you release those pains, those traumas, the, the known ones, and the more importantly, the unconscious ones that dominate our lives that we don't even know that we're carrying with us? Yeah. I think there's some different levels of, of trauma. There's 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 trauma that actually happens to us if we're abused or we lose people we are, we love or we're in a war or those types of events that happen and we're in recovery and i think especially after what we've been through with covid there's a, a lot of a lot of that still going on people are sort of coming out of a ptsd style experience collectively from that so that's valid and that needs healing and support, and we need to help each other move through that. But there's another kind of pain that comes from our mind, and the, the darkness is very inviting. It's very comfortable to go back into that, the dark cave of sort of your thoughts and your illusions and your misbeliefs and just hang out in there. It's especially dark to go into places of, you know, drugs and alcohol and substances and social media and comparison and just like really sink into this sink into this separation state that's what it is it's a sense of being separate from and so that's being separate from is a misbelief it's really impossible for any of us to be separate from it from anything and so when we separate ourselves out it's an ego thing um, and this is like the source of, you know, this is not a surprise, but this is the source of all inner agony is I am separate. I'm not part of. And in fact, that's untrue. We're all part of. We can't be separate. It's, it's the biggest myth, and yet it's so seductive. Oh, poor me. You know, so, so noticing which kind of pain or trauma you're actually in. Is it real? Like, does it really need healing attention or is it this just my mind sort of going to that place again? And if that's the case, there's some work to be done. There's some lessons to be learned and some opening into that idea of the, the oneness. That's, that's how things really are. I think that you're right. It is so much easier to go into a place of judgment, to go into a place of comparison, because the ego wants to be there, because the ego wants nothing more than to be relevant. And yeah. and that it's all about you, 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 and you, uh, or it, 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 and it. But when mm -hmm. you start to open yourself up, like you said, uh, to the idea that we are all one, that that starts to melt away, and you become more comfortable. That's why anybody that I've ever had on the show, 
who's had a near-death experience, uh, had a body experience uh, or a channel, they see things so differently. They all see the, the oneness. They all come back different than when they yeah. were before. That's why I asked, where were you before this situation? Because, yeah. you know, you might've had inklings, but when you had the change, your, your perspective on life changed. And it, and it doesn't mean just because our perspective changes or even just because we have these, you know, a lot of people have these really significant spiritual practices or they, it, just because you're good, whatever that means to you, it doesn't mean only good things are going to happen to you. That's not, mm -hmm. it's just like the journey continues. It's just, <laughs> you see, you see the journey differently. You see the journey as an opportunity to shed those misbeliefs and shed all that ego stuff with every single lesson that comes in. I am a living proof of that. I just went through eight days of no power and an ice storm. Uh, and I feel like I'm doing good work, <laughs> but it's yeah. like it was, lessons needed to be taught. And I had to sit there and go, hmm, why is this happening to me? You know, and you had yeah. to go through the whole moment of like day one, day two. Then the, the ego starts coming. I'm like, wow, how come? I, would just, I shouldn't be going through this. Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. then you start opening it up. It was just a fascinating process just for me to go through because you just, and it was a stage, it was stages. Every day that went by, you're yeah. just like, why? But then you have acceptance and you're like, okay, if this is the new reality for now, how I deal with it will be a, a, how I approach what is, and I have no control over it, is how I will live my life better. So I could be angry and pissed that I don't have power and I'm dealing with all the stuff that you have to deal with, with when it comes to that. Or you can just accept it and just go, okay, how am I going to deal with it? What are the elements that I have to deal with? Looking at life that way is like, you know, you get into a car accident and it's a fender bender. You're like, okay, uh, my car's in the shop for two weeks. I could be really upset about it or I could just figure out how to move yeah. on because the, the thing has no positive or negative charge. It is what it is. The ice storm that hit Austin, it's nature. Mm -hmm. There was an earthquake in Turkey a few days ago that yeah. killed over 10,000 people for God's sakes. The earthquake's not evil, right? It's it just is what it is, unfortunately. For depending on the perspective you're looking at, it's interesting too about this power outage. It's almost like the lesson was not just for you, but collectively in your area. We talked where I live too. We have a lot of ice storms up in Portland. Uh, the power is at like you. You have no power. Like suddenly there is no power, and that is direct hit to the ego and the soul has to be like wait a second, ego doesn't have power and I don't have power in my house, but the soul power still is there. That's the piece that, that is, cannot be obliterated ever. So that's the piece. Right, exactly. There's always that source inside of you that controls the experience yeah. of, of this journey, of this game, of this path, of this whatever we're, quest that we're on. It is yeah. always inside of you and it cannot be extinguished no matter what the external tries to do, because it's eternal. The soul is eternal and it moves forward. It, it's, it was really fascinating because, you know, you really get tested. You're like, you know, um, I feel, then the ego starts getting, yeah, I feel like I'm a spiritual guy, you know, I'm just very, you know, I'm like, and then the, and then the ego is like, you're the, like the most spiritual person, you know, you know, that kind of crap starts coming up. I love that. By the way. And I, when those, those thoughts, like, it's, isn't it hilarious? But that's what oh we do. Oh my gosh. That's what yeah. we do. The, the ego's like, I'm not spiritual all until you start getting some accolades as being a spiritual person. Then you're like, well, I'm the most spiritual now. I'm like, yeah. I, and this kind yeah. of stuff. But then the, then the ego gets calmed down with something like an event that you have literally no control over. None. Yeah. None. Yeah. No control over a natural disaster. There's just nothing you can do about it. So it's fascinating to see how the ego dealt with it and how I dealt with it. And then how you have to kind of like get to a wall and just go, Oh, okay. That's what this is about. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it had to linger a bit. It can just be gone in a day or two. You needed some time for this to just really sink in. But these are ideas. These are things that happen to all of us throughout our lives, whether it be a power outage, whether it be a natural disaster, which I've gone through, I've gone through hurricanes multiple times in my life. 
I've been in car accidents most of the time, you know, these bigger events, life events that really shock you. It just, yeah. it jars you. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Um, you know, or a break, then there's the emotional ones that happen with mm-hmm. either family mm-hmm. or friends. And I have to imagine when you came out of this spiritual closet, you might have lost a friend or two, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, all of them. It, I mean, <laughs> all it of just, them. <laughs> it, just, it just was a complete switch. And um, at the time, I was living in a pretty conservative place that was, um, you know, pretty, pretty conservative. And um, yeah, it, the, no, nothing went forward. And that was okay um, because something about like the soul truth that maybe you receive. I was receiving this channeling. It resonated so much. It was so clear to me that when other people were really against it or saying that's against their religion or whatever, I just, um, it didn't matter. It was like I had been exposed to something deeper and I just realized they don't get it. That's okay. I just still have to go on. It's okay. I think it's really common when people have. A lot of the folks I teach, they start to, they start to experience some of this stuff with the guides or, or this, this direct connection with some of the guides um, that work with us and attempt to attempt to tell their friends or something. And yeah, it's this disconnect, but that is one of the parts of the path too, is a lot of the time that's the journey you have to do by yourself for a while until you can find, and I don't really care for that word tribe so much, but until you can find a group that is thinking in a similar way or has been through these experiences also. It, there's a, there's a, a great deal of bravery that is needed to leave what you've known yeah. Yeah. behind and people that you might've, you know, had really good times with in the past but they're not yeah. growing in the same, or they're not walking the path that you walk. And I think there's a good example of that in high school. People who you had the deepest connections with in high school, you look at a 10 year reunion, you're just like, Ooh, yeah. I, yeah. I can't, I can't talk to you. And yeah. like, you've gone all, you know, you're still in high school <laughs> Like yeah. in their mind, like these, these kind of things that are, but, but that's part of life. There people come into your life for, for a reason, a season or life. And mm-hmm. there's a handful that stay with you for the entire road. Um, but many times it's just people come in and out, but it's difficult. Yeah. And there's no judgment on where a person is. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we can't, you know, the person that, um, you know, is homeless or mm-hmm. unhoused might be the master and we just walk by and don't even. So, um, it's like i don't think not the soul all of us as souls we've been around however many times and we come in at different levels it's it's there's no race there's no hierarchy uh we're just kind of doing our lessons like when they told you in school like keep your eyes on your own paper <laughs> just like do your own thing as best great, you can that's what we can do i love that keep, keep yeah. your eyes on your own paper everybody please, please. yeah uh, no, it's, it's, it's truly, truly fascinating. This, this path that we're all walking, um, and, and just dealing with the pains that we deal with along the way. Um, there's a concept of co-creation, uh, mm-hmm. that we talk about that if you've talked about in your work and, and I've, you know, it's constant, even in quantum physics. Now there's even talks about this kind of concept. Can you talk a little bit about co-creation of our reality and what that means? So I might, so I have a little bit different view than say law of attraction. For me, law of attraction is kind of a a pre-idea or an idea that came in that we use for a while. And the idea that I'm working with now that I received from the guides is the idea of a law of, of flow, which is that, um, the universe is trying to take us, uh, you, me, the collective, toward our highest potentiality. And the universe is going to drop in every kind of event and clue and nudge 
And all we have to do is let ourselves be guided. So we are not attracting to us. We are allowing ourselves to be attracted to this highest potentiality. Agreed. And the beauty there is it's surrender. We just surrender. And it is our responsibility to, though, to notice the synchronicity, to notice the nudge, and to not just allow, yes, thank you, but to move actively toward that. So it's a little bit different. Like we're not, we're not saying to the universe, I want to co-create this car. We're saying to the universe, I need transportation, please. And the universe is saying, follow these synchronicities and you will be attracted to your highest potentiality. We will decide what that is. Is that a Jaguar? Is that a go-kart? <laughs> I don't know. Is that but a used like, car? It's going to be your highest car? potentiality for your soul's growth, not for your earth life, for your soul's growth. Because that's the bigger goal. That's, it's the big yeah, joke of the because, universe. Yeah. So because, you know, you might want the Porsche. Yes. But sure. for your soul, you really need the uh, 85 Datsun. Yes. <laughs> or even yeah. better, the 72 Gremlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or a, or a Nova. Or a, a Pinto. Nova. Oh, a Pinto Nova or a Pinto. From, yeah, yeah. I've been in both cars uh, yes. in my youth. <laughs> yeah. And that might be, but that might not be what you want. And that's the difference of like getting what you want and getting what you need. And sometimes they align. Yes. Sometimes they do align, but many times they don't. And I didn't want to have no power, but yeah. apparently I need. And you know what's the most frustrating thing? Cross the street, power. Street behind me, power. Street to the left of me, power. Over the other way, power. I was the only street that had no power. It That's drove interesting. Me, it drove me nuts. It was a group of like, you know, whatever, eight, ten houses, whatever the, the block is. Yeah. And we all didn't have power. And we just rode around and we're like, this is some crap. What you know how infuriating it is to wake up in the morning freezing and you look out the window and you're yeah. like, they've got power. What? So what's interesting though is like, so I know um, a person in my family is from a different country where power went out all the time, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. In, no internet most of the time, and yep. so you received a firsthand, or I did this past winter of. You know, we're not the only ones in the world and what's happening in other places. And like, oh, yeah. this is the reality. So that brings a whole lot of compassion to oh. what other people go through every single day. We're so, it's, a, it's miraculous. We live in this sort of Star Trek-like existence with our cell phones and our, all our Zoom calls. And our Zoom calls, all so our technology. people don't have it, yeah. And in a snap, it's yeah all just garbage sitting there useless that's right useless and you would be wishing i wish i had a shovel maybe you probably want a shovel a, or i wish i had a propane tank yes, <laughs> yes. a barbecue yeah. you know yeah. so you know some firewood that's cut properly and it's not soaking right. wet you know these kind of things you just don't think about in your normal existence yeah. but it made you shift and i feel that the lessons i've learned in these last eight days are going to continue to unravel over the course of yeah. the weeks and months ahead as you start to really analyze what it was. But it's just a small, very small window into a larger journey yeah. that that people you know, are on. Yeah, and you don't even know yet what it all meant. Like I would call the ice storm a disrupt a synchronicity that's a disruption. Mm -hmm. All synchronicities are disruptors. They get us to pay attention. We're, you know, moving along the synchronicity, disruption. We pay attention, we're awake, we're doubly awake now. And I would guess that you were probably more conscious than awake in those moments of discomfort, you know, than in perhaps just, you know, when things are going smoothly. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty fascinating. Um, yeah. Now, one thing I wanted to, to mention, and I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on this as well, is that, again, I have a unique perspective. I've spoken to so many different channels and mediums and, 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 and psychics and, and near-death experiences and so on. But specifically with channels, there is a common thread to all channels that I've spoken to or I've been exposed to, is that the power of change is within you. That these ideas of like, it's within you to open up to the universe. It's within you to walk the path. Everything we've talked about is all within you. It's not like 
Now, if you uh, buy my book, this is the way, this is the way, or I, I need a new jet. God told me I need a new jet. Can you please donate 50 bucks? There's that way, or that you need to follow what I say in order to have salvation. No. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Every, every channel I've spoken to, all their messages are of love, of unity, of oneness, mm -hmm. of the power is within you, that you are the divine. These are all common ideas, and I've saw that in your work as well. So a lot of people that I try to explain channeling to, and I don't, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, I try to explain that to them because they're like, oh, it's a demon. And I go, if it's a demon, mm. you know, these kind of ideas, or it's, a, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. a bad person or a bad entity or whatever you want to call it, I, you know, that, well, I'm not hearing that. And if they are saying bad things, I'm not hearing that. All I hear is everything I told you about, love, unity power of the divine is within you. We're all here on a journey. We're all here in soul. It's all the same information from, from, from people from around the world. Yeah. Different perspectives of, of life all have the same idea. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Um, I think it's so interesting people from around the world having such similar messaging, especially as like I write for some different journals uh, where collections of channels will write. And here we are, you know, 2023, what are, what are their messages? They're different than 2022. They're different than, so there's this progression of, you know, the, the shift and all of the big astrological markers, but um, what is coming from the guides, even though we're having probably different guide groups, uh, is this consistency of messaging. Um, I think it's interesting about channeling because I used to joke that it wasn't channeling unless it started with dear ones, because that's a phrase they always use. But there is this sense of affection, um, this sense of affection like you and I would have for like a puppy, like the guides are like so elevated. We're just like these cute puppies Children. they're trying to help. Yes, <laughs> babies. So dear ones. Um, but there's also this sense for a lot of channels like this re rep repetition. And I feel like that creates almost like as you're reading it, almost like a trance or a prayer or it allows the languaging itself, whether reading or read out loud allows the person to sink into a different dimension the same way you would maybe when you're meditating it takes you to a place of understanding and i find it really useful like i read other people's work all the time and i just like sink into it just for the joy of like that relaxation or that comfort or that energy level that seems to come from it and i just find it fascinating that it's so consistent people from africa will have jesus people from uh, you know, it's, it's like different people from different cultures will have crossing over guides. And I find that fascinating, too. I mean, it's not just the guide you were born with or whatever, the guide from your own culture. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you read certain books and the words have a vibration to them. Yeah, uh, there's just no question. I mean, you pick up autobiography of a yogi and read mm -hmm. it for the first time. I mean, the words just kind of vibrate off the yeah. page it is it's amazing and there's so many books like that that they just have their own energy to them and when you when you read them you go to a different place i listen to a lot of audio books and when you listen to channeled works you just start like you go you almost go into it almost into a trance of it like going a trance into, it's like a meditative yeah. place that you kind of go to where you're just in this place of understanding because it's all just remembering we mm -hmm. all know mm -hmm. the truth. It's just reminding yeah. us yeah. about the truth. And and as I think that we are now as a society, as a as a collective on this planet, are much more open to this information and actually are searching for it. Hence why your work is done as well as it has. I can imagine from from 2005 to 2023, the amount of change that's happened. Oh my gosh. And the yeah. acceptance of what you do must have been astronomical yeah that's right yeah yeah and i'm so thrilled now with these younger generations millennial but more even gen z 
how they are completely tuned into all this stuff. Like they're, they're just though. born. Yeah, we're yeah, born with it. And uh and and that is a sign that we're evolving, you know, our grandparents or our parents or our generation or even, you know, depending what generation you are, but you know, we got part of it, but these ones coming in is just like I don't know if it's their remember, you know, this idea that um people are going to start remembering what they reincarnated from. I, I think these new generations are coming in with more memory, whereas we didn't have that. But it's uh, pretty remarkable to see this this oneness idea, like in the ecology, in anti-racism or genderism or sexism. It's, they're just coming in as oneness. And that's pretty cool to see. Well, yeah, I mean, things, things that are happening today, there's an uproar over you know, something in a race or a shooting or, or in, injustice, there's uproars about that where 60 years ago, it was business as usual. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Business as usual. And, and it's not only happening in, in race and in other areas like that, but it's also happening in economics. It's also happening. Mm -hmm. Yes. In, everything in science it's happening in every aspect of, of, of human civilization. It's starting to, people are like, no, this doesn't make sense. So like for a hundred years, the concepts of quantum physics have basically been dormant with a couple of little adjustments. But now even scientists in the field are like, no, we're going to go into string theory. We're going to, we're going to do things that are going to rock the boat that was up there before, where before there would there just never would have happened. It just never would have happened. A show like this doesn't exist 20 years ago. It just right. doesn't. It's right. very, very difficult. Very, very different. Well, no one, no one was awake enough to understand the concepts, even that the Channeling? languaging. Well, well, or yeah. even just the bigger scope of what you know you do on your show. It it wasn't available to people. Even they might have been able to listen, but they wouldn't have been able to understand Rest. it. So right. yeah, so we're here. We are now with the, some different ideas. Now, yeah. in, in one of your books, you uh, you mentioned the concept of suffering and bliss are the same. Can you explain that a little bit? Because that's a difficult concept to to wrap your head around for most people. <laughs> I know it just seems like it's a concept most people would want to reject right away. But um, yeah, so that's one of the things about the channeling too. Is I get a lot of things. I'm like my ego self. It's like ah, oh, nah, this this can't be right. And then I'll go in and ask again. But the idea of suffering and bliss are the same is about um, one way to look at it is sufferings. This really, like we talked earlier about this dark, silky place of despair that going into the cave, that's so comforting. You can just stay in your suffering and be a victim or you just hunker down and stay. And this idea, the bliss that they were talking about is more the, the super elevated bliss you might get from adrenaline or doing something really exciting or having something super wonderful happen. You know, you get an award or you do drugs or something, you know, just some way of jumping up to this high place. And they're just saying both of those are sort of extremes. And the place you want to be is it's like the Buddhist way, the more like the middle way. You want to be in this place of not going to either side because those are extreme states and that's where the ego starts to get involved. The ego in the suffering state goes into victim. The ego into the bliss state goes into, I'm so awesome. I'm the most spiritual. I'm, <laughs> I'm the, the most, best, most, I'm, I'm the most a, blissed out. I'm more spiritual than Jesus and Buddha put it together. Yes, 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 I'm the most blissed out and so, we want to just we want to just stay in a more place of like, hey, I'm a soul. I'm part of collective soul. I'm putting my piece of the puzzle in. I'm I attempt to be have humility. I attempt to surrender whenever I can. I'm just a piece of I'm a piece of the whole. I'm not the whole big deal. That's that's sort of what we're trying to figure out there. It's kind of like if if I may use an analogy, it's kind of like eating junk food. It, it, you you go to the extreme of going to a fast food joint and eating food that you know is not good, but it tastes really good on the way in. 
and it feels really comfortable and it feels great. And you're like, kind of like being judgy or comparing yourself. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's, it's, it's seductive, mm -hmm. but then the digestion yeah. kicks in <laughs> and yeah. then all of a sudden you don't feel so good anymore. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And you're like, oh, that thing that I did earlier, it doesn't make me feel good anymore. So it's kind of the equivalence of, of going, having a, you know, a Big Mac or a Whopper, you know, mm -hmm. hey, anyone who's eating that, knock yourselves out. I'm, I'm not saying it, but you're, you're having, you know, indulgent fast food. That's probably not the best for you. Mm -hmm. And, or having a healthy meal that might not have the addictive equi equivalence of a cheesecake, but you know, in about an hour, you're not only going to feel good, you're going to feel great. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Is that fair? Yeah. I'll, yes. Except for I'd add on the other side. So we put the, the junk food on the suffering side. Maybe we'll put on the bliss side, the super restricted, very oh, yeah. specific, healthy diet that, you know, I'm, I'm the most healthiest. I'm, absolutely. I'm perfect. Yeah, so I have 2% body fat. There. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. And so the, the universe is like, Hey, just relax. Be grateful. You have something to eat. A lot of people don't, um, relax, be nice to each other. Maybe give your food away to someone else. You know, it's like this middle road of let's just avoid either of those. That's, that's, that's a wonderful way of putting it. Um, yeah. We've talked a little bit about a meaning and that we're here for a purpose. So many of us struggle with that, of finding that. Like you were, we were talking about the chiclet and me talking about, you know, Spielberg and being a filmmaker. How do you discover why you're here? And again, it doesn't have to be grand. So many people think like, I have this grand, I, you know, I'm going to be, you know, save millions of lives. Like you, you could be someone who just, takes care of your family yeah man or female or you could just you know write the one book or you could just help your local community but but how do we find that thing that really yeah. gives us the thing that we're here to do i think that's such a good question especially since a lot of the people talking about finding purpose are the authors or the podcasters or you know, the teachers and then everyone thinks, well, I have to be an author, a podcaster, a teacher. And it's like, no, um, if the world was made up of those, right, we would never get our plumbing fixed or we would never get our food cooked. And I, I think for me, for me, it's pretty easy because my skill set is pretty specific to <laughs> writing and talking and, and, and doing psychic work. But I can't do the rest of it. Like I can't do cooking. I can't do so. So I can do. I'm like I'll just do my skill set because that's all I got. Other people are much more gifted. Like they have like lots of gifts. Um, but I think it's really what what you were doing when you were little. You probably like I was. I was reading religion books when I was six, you know, I was talking to plants and dead people when I was six, like I was just always doing this. So whatever you've been doing a long time, and then whatever gives you that feeling of just super contributing, like where can, where can I contribute the most? And that could be, look at the world, look at all the things we need that could be anywhere. So I, I don't think that there's a specific path people have to take. Sometimes when I work with people in a reading, uh, one of my questions is, what are, your, what are your favorite spiritual practices that you do regularly? And they'll usually say, I meditate. And I'm like, okay, throw that one out. What else? And what I'm looking for is I like to ride my bike or I like to play with my dog, or I love teaching the kids at the neighborhood school to read. I'm looking for that thing that is their specific, like heart opening piece that, that gives them joy. Um, and that's usually where this purpose is. It lies somewhere in that center of where that heart's that heart um, opening piece is for most people. And would you agree that not everyone's purpose is going to be the main way they make money? Oh, yeah, for sure. 
that's some that's another misnomer that everyone thinks that just because I want to sing and I was put on this earth to sing that you're going to make a living doing yeah. that. And there's nothing wrong. You could be a plumber and sing on the weekends and you get yes, to for sure do that. And th that's the ego doesn't like that. If I'm going to sing, I'm going to be Whitney Houston. I'm going to be Mariah Carey. I'm going to win America's Got Talent. I'm going to go do that. And mm -hmm. there are people who do that. But most singers on the planet don't make a living doing mm -hmm. it. You know, most yeah. writers don't make a living doing it. That's for sure. I even think that that's a part of our cultural misbelief the last couple generations that sort of come about from internet um having exposure to a lot of people that are but i don't think i don't even think 30 or 40 years ago that that belief was i mean most people were like i work for a company or i work at home and then i have like we had this thing back then called hobbies where people found their truth their true <laughs> my, you know so like like and that was their joy, was their hobby. So I think that's valid. I think we don't have the, to monetize. Yeah, we don't have to monetize. I mean, it'd be nice if you could do what you love and get paid to do it, but that doesn't necessarily always line up. And it's not a lack of, it's not trying to crush a dream. It's just, it's just not, it might not be the path for you. And I love that you brought back hobbies because I remember hobbies. I remember hobbies. Like that was the thing. There's a hobby, there's hobby stores. Like, oh, you know, I knit on the weekends. I don't need to have a multi-billion dollar knitting company, but I just like to knit on the weekends. Or I like to, you know, I like to write or I like to paint or I like to do things for my own soul's purpose just to get it out. And it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing, but I think the internet, especially in the West, especially in the US, that everything ha is kind of amped up on steroids, if you will. Like if you paint, you've got to be Picasso. If you yeah. write, you've got to be Stephen King. You know, like you have to, it's always the big, but that's not the case because, and again, from where I come from in the film industry, everybody wants to be Spielberg, but there's, there's probably 200 to, let's say a best case scenario, a thousand filmmakers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the studio system. And you're talking about millions of people from around the world who are trying to do that. The math doesn't add up. And you know, it's kind of funny because I just had this thought and this is may or may be, this may be totally untrue, but you know, Spielberg's probably sitting there right now going, darn, I wish I could go work on my woodworking hobby in the basement. Like you just like, this is too much so, pressure. So do, I want to well, go do woodworking. <laughs> So you know what's funny is that uh, I because I, I, I know I've spoken to in my other shows I've interviewed a lot of these people I haven't spoken to Spielberg yet but I'm I'm hoping but I spoke to someone who is an Oscar winner uh, who worked with Ridley Scott Ridley Scott you know who's a world famous director who did Gladiator and a million other films what he does he paints between movies he is a painter he loves to paint. Is he making a living off of his painting? No, but that's his outlet when he's not directing. And he, and really is probably one of the most prolific filmmakers of all time. He's just, he just never stops. He's like 80, I think at this point. Yeah. But most filmmakers only get to do their art for right. 30 to 50 days every two years. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? The rest yeah, of the time is trying have, to. You've got to have the other life, right? Right, yeah. and the, most of the time is building up to get the thing made, and then finishing it off, and then m promoting it, and then that's two years. But the actual art of doing it is, best case scenario, thirty to sixty days if you're a Spielberg, maybe longer. But that's the general schedule for a film. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not a lot of time. So that's an example of someone who's a great artist, but his other art, it's not paying his bills. He probably right. sells them because he's famous, but generally speaking, that's not what he does. So it's just, just an example of a small example of that. What you might love to do is not what you're able yeah, to do. Yeah, And some funny. people also, you know, this idea of we have um, little patches of soul of our life's work, you know, we might not do the same thing. Like, you know, mm -hmm. someone might, do something and then they do something else and then some people are just naturally very much um they have their their 
fingers in a lot of different pies all the time and that's perfect for them like they don't need to feel there's something wrong because they don't have the big purpose it's like just be in your experience it's totally fine to be in your experience and enjoy your participation in the earth on the earth amen sister <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I'm going to ask you a few questions. I ask all my guests. What is your definition of living a good life? Living a good life is participating at the best level you can that day, I suppose. Good answer. What is your definition of God? My uh, vast oneness. And what is uh, the ultimate purpose of life? Uh, I'm. I'll defer to my, the channeling. It's the purpose of life is soul growth. And where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Oh, they can find out about me at sarahwiseman.com. And uh, I do have, I think I can have a free mini course for those who want to explore intuition. It's called the magic of blind reading. And, and it takes you through a process of uh, you answer the question before you know what the question is. So it's pretty fun to try that out. And do you have any parting words for our audience? Um, you know, this is an amazing time. And I think supporting each other in all the ways we can is really the way to go because we're not really separate. We're just one big blob of collective soul. So we might as well start acting like that. Sarah, thank you so much for your, for your not only coming on the show, but for the work that you're doing to help awaken the world. So I appreciate you, my dear. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much. I want to thank Sarah so much for coming on the show and sharing her knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash two, two, two. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.